I am reading from the passage of Scripture. Okay, I'm reading from the passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'm reading from the very first verse in 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, this is advice that this letter is giving to the church and to the elders and the leaders of the church. And so I want to lay this passage of Scripture before us as I begin to look at what I want to talk to you about this morning. I'm going to be talking to you about this morning about what leadership means here at life. Looking at the different aspects of leadership within the body of Christ and our values and what we believe leadership is here in the body of Christ. And here it says, And now a word to you who are elders in the church. I too am an elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder. I appeal to you. Now listen very carefully. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory. Listen to this very carefully. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Of this letter to the church is addressing the body of Christ. And today, this same passage of scripture is addressing you and me. I want to talk today about church leadership. And how we as believers, as followers of Jesus, need to relate and work together and what God's perspective is for the leadership within his church. Now, if you are aware, as probably you are, that there are many different aspects and many different models of church leadership. And I am not so much addressing models of leadership this morning as I am looking at the values and the philosophy of a leadership as understood in God's word. So each church might set itself up in some different way. They might use different titles and uh, things for their leadership. But I want to look this morning not at titles and positions, but I'm looking at values and philosophy. Because those things are what fuel what we do. Because those are fueled by what we believe. And when I believe right, I behave right. And so within the body of Christ, I believe there is come a time for us for there to be an, a belief adjustment. Where many of us have had different expressions of leadership, whether it's from the church, whether it's from your previous spiritual expression of faith, whatever it may have been that you've come from. 
And we bring all of that into our experience as followers of Jesus Christ. And we need to discern what is of God and what is not of God. What is from and based on God's word and what is perhaps tradition and has nothing to do with God's word even though it looks good. Because I've discovered not everything that is good is from God. Because deception is good things, oh, sorry, bad things dressed up to look good. And so we as believers and followers of Jesus Christ must believe and we must understand and we must discern. Now, one of the things that we understand as believers, perhaps we are perhaps the most trusting people on the planet Earth. Now, you might, might not say, I'm not that trusting. But we are because we are wired to trust. Everything we do is about believing. We believe in a God who we cannot see. But we know Him and we trust that He's there. We trust one another. Even though we may have had bad experiences, we always want to extend trust. And that is so core and critical to our central belief as believers. But I want to say to you this. When I look at you, when I look at each person that God brings under my care as a leader, as an over-shepherd, the great shepherd is Jesus Christ, but he has entrusted us to offer leadership to his church. All right? When I look at you, this is not what I see. I don't see sheep. I don't see sheep. But the problem is, very often, that's what you see when you look in the mirror. Oh, I'm just a little sheep, little flock. I belong. And Jesus is my shepherd and my pastor is my shepherd and he will lead me. Now, maybe you start off as a sheep when you first come to Jesus Christ. You, you start off, the Bible talks about as being a babe in Christ and you grow. But when I look at you, I'm not looking at where you are. I am looking at you. Naomi and I are looking at you and saying, where is it that God wants you to be? And this is where I believe God wants you to be. A shepherd. Amen. A shepherd is a leader. Someone who leads, for this analogy, sheep. In reality, human beings. To better places. Amen. A butcher. Leads people. To the. We're not talking about that this morning. So the good shepherd. The picture of the good shepherd that we have. Is Jesus Christ. And so into this. I want to share with you a key philosophy. That is ingrained in our statement of belief. And I'm going to read this for you. From our statement of belief that we have as a ministry. And as soon as I have found it. This is what I'm pulling it from our statement of belief. We believe that the gospel embraces the needs of the whole man. And that the church is therefore commissioned to preach the gospel to the world. And to fulfill a ministry of healing and deliverance to the spiritual 
and physical needs of mankind. We believe in the spiritual unity. Now here's the key word. And the priesthood of all believers in Christ. And these compromise the universal church, the body of Christ. We believe in life-giving churches and ministries and the ministry that Christ has set in his church, namely the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers, and in the present operation of the manifold gifts of the Holy Spirit according to the New Testament. The key three things I want to bring out here from our statement of belief that is founded on scripture, and that is a core belief a philosophy by which we do ministry and have been raised to do it and I believe is biblical is that everyone is a leader can you say that everyone is a leader I am a leader you are a leader can you turn around to your neighbor and say you are a leader in Christ now when we understand that it puts us in a different arena. It places us in a different place. We move from being dependent and needy to taking responsibility and stepping up to achieve what God has called us to do. Which is why last Sunday I laid the foundation that unless you lead yourself, your life is not going to be that good. But if we learn to lead our own lives which is firstly taking leadership of ourselves, we step up a level of responsibility and step into what God has designed us to do is to be leaders in this world. What leaders do, leaders are influencers. So in other words, in as much as I'm seeking to influence you from God's word and the things that are important for us to learn and believe, you too must look to influence your own life. And the people that God will entrust to you through the body of Christ and in the other spheres of leadership that you have, in the work that you do, where you work, where you live, wherever, you are a leader. And so when we begin to look at ourselves in this light, it changes everything. Now when I say everyone is a leader, where does this place the fivefold ministry? The fivefold ministry are five offices that, the, that God set up to keep the church functioning, to bring clear direction, to equip and to establish capacity within the church. Capacity is a modern day term. So what is it? The fivefold ministry equips the church for ministry. It does not do the ministry of the church. Can we read that together? The fivefold ministry. So every one of you, the role of the fivefold ministry, pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, apostles, their role and their office and their responsibility is not a position which they parade but it is an office from which they serve to equip you to do what Jesus has purposed and called you to do. When pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, and apostles fail to do that, 
The church fails to mature. You with me? Because we develop an unhealthy codependency on human beings rather than a dependency on God. My role is to steward. My role is to steward what God has entrusted me. Your role and your responsibility is to steward what God has entrusted you. Together as the body of Christ, we work together. And the fivefold ministry is there to help you to grow, to develop, and to become the leaders that God wants you to be. What, however old you are, however young you are, you are never too old or young to be used by God. Amen? And so, never think, I'm beyond it. Never think, oh gosh, you know, God can't use me. God can use you. But there are some key things that I want you to think about when it comes to leadership that are found in that verse. Now, I know that verse is addressing the elders of the church, and that's a responsibility within leadership of a church that there are some that carry more responsibility than others. That's because they carry responsibility and have a role. But that doesn't move from God's core philosophy that everyone is called to be a leader. Now, as fellow, as fellow elders, I appeal to you to care. What's the key word there? To care. Not to scare. But to care for the flock that God has given you. Watch over. Which is why the Bible refers to church leadership as overseers. We are watching over you in prayer. We are watching over you in our thoughts. We are watching over you in your life. Not in a way that we control you. But our concern is for you. And as you pick up a mantle of leadership. For the people that you influence in your sphere of leadership. It is an oversight. A willingness to watch over. Which means you are thinking ahead of others and for others. When church leadership fails to care. Church begins to crumble. And so we must care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it. How? With an attitude of willingness. So whatever God entrusts you to do, do it with a willing heart. Because that willing attitude is what enables you to move forward. And also the Bible says, do it because you are eager to serve God. It disturbs me when I know such great people who know God's word and, you know, they'll say, Pastor, I want to do this. Pastor, I want to do that. But they're not eager to serve God. Or can you do this? Oh, sorry, it's not in my schedule. Let me pray about it. Whenever somebody says, let me pray about it, you know what that is? You know what the code for that is? They don't want to say no, but they can't offend you. So they say, let me pray about it. Most of the time. Sometimes it's a genuine and you need to pray about it. And it's not wrong to do that. But very often that's Christian code for no. 
And as a leader, when you're trying to encourage and empower and release people to achieve what God's called them to do, it kind of is discouraging. But you never give up. You keep hoping for the best. You keep looking forward. You keep not seeing sheep, but you see shepherds. The thing about sheep, sheep are terribly sensitive. Do you know that? Now, we've lived in London and England long enough and we've seen sheep uh, in the pasture and known a couple of people who are shepherds and they said, uh, farmers, and they said one of the key attributes of sheep is apart from being very anxious creatures, they die of heart attacks very easily because uh, the slightest of noises stresses them out and they, <gasps> and they collapse. <laughs> and that's many believers because they're fragile, they're young, they need to be nurtured, need to be encouraged. But we can't always live our life like bleating sheep. God's role is to transform you like a butterfly from being that cocoon into this beautiful creator leader that he wants you to be. And so you too must believe in yourself and know that is the will of God for you. It's very important. Because if you believe, I just need to be a sheep. What will you be for the rest of your life? Bah! Bah! You'll go to the grave. Bah! <laughs> or you can say, I once was a sheep, but now I'm a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He is the good shepherd. He is the grand shepherd. And he entrusts me to care for his I want you to know that I see, and Naomi and I see each one of you like that. I want you to have confidence in yourself. Now, I've got so much to learn. Yeah, even me too. I haven't stopped learning. We all have so much to learn. But here are some key things that we do here. Let's go to the next slide. How do we do this? Number one here at Life is we create a safe environment. Safe in the sense that you are emotionally safe. That you are spiritually safe. That you are reputationally safe. That nothing here will be done intentionally to bring any harm to anybody. I will not seek to scare you into the kingdom of God with hellfire and damnation. You can read that in God's word for yourself. But I will show you the goodness and the greatness of God. And I trust that will attract you to Jesus. Amen. I will not scare you into turning up on Sunday morning church. Otherwise, God will not love you. Will not. Is that what they say? It's about you taking leadership for your life. It's about you taking responsibility for your relationship with God and stepping into the safe environment and blossoming and flourishing and becoming who and what God wants you to be. It's established on truth and trust, the truth of God's word, trusting in God's word, where you can grow in the character of Jesus Christ. We, all of us are work in progress, seeking to become more and more like Jesus Christ. But the truth of God's word, but also the truth of being real with one another. Of accepting one another for who we are and knowing I don't have to pretend to be somebody. Oh, I'm going to put on my Sunday morning character. 
You know, sorry, I forgot this Sunday to put on my Sunday morning character. I blew it. No, it's just being real. Who you are is who you are. We are all work in progress and we will all move forward together. The next thing is equipping you with God's word. Giving you the opportunity to serve in an arena where it's okay to fail. Do you know why I believe in that core value? Because if I create an arena where you will fail, where it's okay, okay to fail, at least I know you'll try. But if I create an arena that says you can't fail, human nature means I can't meet that expectation of perfection. I'm not even going to try. And Jesus creates that environment for us. He says, listen, go into all the world. You think, Jesus, you trust those 12 disciples? They didn't go to Bible school. They didn't do any. You trust them to take your message around the world, Jesus. And then you just disappear? I mean, come on. What kind of leadership is this? No, Jesus knew what he was doing. He was working with the frailty of humanity. But he gave them the power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to do what they needed to do. Amen. And so here, we equip you with God's word, giving you the opportunity to serve in an arena where it's okay to fail. Now I believe very key is the key aspect of leadership is servanthood. Jesus said, I have come not to, but to serve. And so we must look for opportunities to serve, not just within the organization of the church, but across our society. Live your life with an attitude of servanthood. Because that is what transforms nations. When leaders lead with an attitude of servanthood. Amen. We create a different environment. We remove fear from the arena of growth and development and introduce faith. In all our leadership, I always say to everybody, and I say to my kids as well, no fear. If you fear, you will lie. If you fear, you will cheat. If you fear, you will not be real. If you fear, you will never really blossom and grow. But if we can agree that we will remove fear from our relationships, if we can agree together that we will remove fear from how we serve God and replace it with faith. It means that it's okay if you mess up because I'm not going to come to you with a sledgehammer and say, we're going to say, hey, let's pick up the pieces and let's keep going. Let's help one another. Let's make this journey together and complete the race that God has called us to run. Amen. What else does that verse teach us about leadership? In the same way you younger must accept. The authority of the elders. We talked about that last week. About accountability. And all of you must dress yourself up in humility. So accepting authority is accepting the willingness to be accountable. And I won't go into that in this message this morning. We'll address that another time. But accountability is so important. 
not just for people who are accountable to leaders, but there is also a mutual accountability that we must have to one another to grow and to flourish. Because this creates again an arena where we can grow. The Bible says, don't lord it over people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good examples. You know, when you, you teach parenting, you always teach parenting with this famous phrase. Anyone know what it is? Kids don't learn by what you, from what you say, but by what you do. And that goes across the board in any facet of leadership and responsibility. People watch what you do and they imitate what you do. I mean, I remember in the early days of Bible school, there was a certain preacher that preached a certain way, a famous preacher. And all our aspiring Bible school students, some of them wanted to copy. They thought the anointing came because the preacher did this all the time. And so whenever they preached, you see them preaching, they do this all the time. And, and the Lord said, and they thought that was... And they were trying to copy that famous preacher, believing that if they copied what he did, then maybe that same anointing would be upon them. And the Lord said, and you know what? You need to be you. Each one of us is unique. Allow each one of us to flourish and grow and become the people that God has designed us to be. Amen? Because when you do, you step into your purpose and call. A belief that God has a plan for your life. And wherever and however we can, we will help you discover it. A big part of what we do in our training, why we, the way we minister, the way we do, the way we host training sessions on Saturdays, I encourage you to come, is because of this. Because you need to know what your purpose is. You need to step into what God has for you. And you need to go full speed into it. And our role here as the church continues to grow is to fan into flame the gifts that God has deposited in you. The plans that he has for you. For each one of you in your journey of faith with Jesus Christ. Amen. As we do that, we step up into leadership. And so all of this is done in an environment as in 1 Peter chapter 4. Each of you are shepherds. We might begin as sheep, but we transition to a place of leadership in our walk with Jesus. Amen. Here at Life, I wanted to just share some key core philosophies for you to understand. So when you see us doing what we do, when you hear us approaching things a certain way, we're always seeking to make sure that our values, which we derive from God's word, are expressed in how we relate to you. That's our standard. Sometimes we might fail, but we will always set a higher standard. Amen? Because the standard is set for us by Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. This morning, as we are in God's presence, I want to encourage each one of you to be confident of God's leadership for you. Wherever you are in your journey, God has got a purpose and a call upon your life. You're here this morning, not by accident. God has designed for you to be here this morning. He orchestrated for you to be sitting here this morning because he needed you to hear his words.